Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. Oh, what a week. If this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, welcome. We are so glad to have you here in this amazing community. We love that you're here. Can't wait for you to continue joining us. But if this is your first time, don't be a stranger. Make sure that you continue to listen to other episodes. This is season five. We have plenty of information for you to listen to. Different topics that we talk about could be self-care, could be anxiety, mental health, relationships, families, things in Philadelphia, so much more. So give a listen to the previous episodes that you may have missed. We hope that while you're here that you find something that will either make you laugh, make you cry, make you think, or just be glad that you can have somebody who probably feels the same way that you're feeling but is unable to say it or you're unable to say it. So we're just glad that you're here. With that being said, it is Friday, and on Fridays, we take such a deep breath because for many of us, Fridays means the conclusion of a work week, except for if you work in other fields like medical field. But for most people, it's just a conclusion of a week. Your week may have been the worst week ever. You may have killed it this week, but no matter where you are, we hope that you are healthy, We hope you were sound in mind and that you feel loved. There's been a lot going on. So this is a sort of, I want to say short week. I say that because Martin Luther King Jr. Day was on Monday. And for a lot of people, because it's a federal holiday, a lot of people spent that time off. So that may meant that they were off. Some people decided to do some, you know, volunteering. The endless possibilities are there. I'll share with you what we've done or what we did um, for our uh, uh, memorial, Lord have mercy, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And for some, you may not even subscribe. You may not even believe in. You may just be like, it was just a day off and I don't care. And I don't agree with anything that Martin Luther King Jr. stood for. We're just going to send some prayers for you because regardless of where you stand, there's a lot to be said. That's a lot to be done. um, That includes the greatness that Martin Luther King Jr. did. And let's keep this real. Martin Luther King Jr., as amazing of a man that he was, he was one of the hatest men in America, especially during his time for standing up for the equal rights of everyone. So however you celebrate it, you know, God bless. But for our family, we decided as we normally do, we did a lot of going over old documentaries for our children, you know, finding documentaries that are good for them that are childlike that they feel, or I should say, they'll be able to feel that they can understand because, you know, I don't, my husband, and I do not feel as if the schools are the only place that our children should be learning um, the information about American history. Um, they should not be the only place. And that definitely includes African American um, history, because to me, they're one and the same. And so we don't leave it up to our children. We make sure that we do our part in making sure that 
we teach them, you know, teaching them what it is that they need to know. And we go from there. So we spent the day watching a you know, a bunch of amazing documentaries. Again, kid levels. My oldest is 12. She'll be 13 this year and everyone else under her. My youngest will be eight this year. So we want to make sure that everybody can understand it from their perspective. One thing I love about my children, they love to read. And so on their own, they've taken a gravitation towards learning about history. We took them to Barnes and Nobles, Nobles over the weekend. So I'll, oftentimes I'll notice without any prompting from me or my husband, we kind of just let them do their thing. They enjoyed or gravitated towards you know, African-American books or books that have stories or pictures or illustrations that look like them. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't get your panties in a, in a bunch. They read all different books, but it's something truly amazing for children to see themselves in stories, rather they're no matter what your race is. And so I love that for my children. I love how they just naturally will gravitate towards a different plethora of books, but they enjoy as much as me. I love, love, love Barnes and Nobles. It used to be before I had my children, it used to be my space that I would go where I would go and chill out. I would relax. I can decompress. You know, I could de-stress. I could sit in Barnes and Nobles for hours. Since then, I've also included making sure that I support local bookstores because Barnes and Nobles for, you know, God bless, they have so much backing, financial backing, but it's also important to support local bookstores. Um, women-owned bookstores, black-owned bookstores, just small business because, you know, small business, they don't always have the backing. They don't always have the marketing department. They don't always have the different means that a Barnes & Nobles or other suppliers like Target and other places would have. So I'm just truly grateful for my kids having that ability and love of reading. So we did a lot of reading. And so, of course, they incorporated some of their books into their day for Monday we made sure that they studied and did their homework over the weekend so that Monday would be a rest day too. A day for them to relax, a day for them to rest, watch TV. We kind of were just like bummy, like, you know, get showers and put fresh pajamas on and kind of just lounge around. We ate amazing food all day. We just enjoyed each other's presence. Now, listen, we all done been in the pandemic or panoramic as I will probably interchangeably call it. If you've ever listened to a podcast, you hear me say a panoramic whatever you choose to call it, go ahead and do that. But we've already spent almost two years together, right? But your family, when you truly love everyone in your family, and I mean those in your household, and you actually like them too, us spending so much time together after all that time, and then continuously finding ways to continue to enrich that bond, it doesn't bother us. Like it just makes everything a lot stronger. So shout out to my family. They're just, like I said, we truly like being around one another. So this week has been, like I said, completely chilled out, not too much going on. I did go to a media event um, yesterday and that, or I should say not yesterday, I would say Wednesday, I'm trying to get my days together. So on Wednesday, and I will attend another media event tonight. Both of them are back in for theater. Listen, in Philadelphia, you must have your vaccination card. At one point they were um, giving people passes to you know, if you didn't have your vaccination card to show that you were tested and that you have negative results within the 24 hour period, that grace period has now stopped. And so everybody must have their, you know, be vaccinated in order to go to shows, sporting events, food, anything in the city. So it was good to be, you know, amongst other people. You know, I think this is my, tonight will make it my third 
media events since the new year. And then starting next week, the schedule is starting to jump up a lot more. But one thing that I just appreciate is just, you know, doing what's best. Like I just do the best thing that works for you. And so at these media events, they are so fun because you get to see people with their mask, obviously, but you get to see people that you haven't seen in a while. And that's the part that I like about it the most. In addition to just seeing, you know, in, in my perspective, seeing amazing plays. So we'll see how that goes. If you're following me, you should know that I'm also a blogger. So you can always go on the blog to see the media events or anything that's, else that's going on um, that you can catch up on. And the blog is at Toy Time, T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. So you can catch up on all things that are happening with the blog. So last week, if you turned into the podcast, we talked about this, this notion of preference, the ability to say that I choose to want to date whomever I choose to date based on different preferences. And it could be based on race, body type, all of the, et cetera. And again, we talked about having preferences, but not being discriminatory towards other people. We also talked about that inner peace. So if you missed that conversation about inner peace, let me just say inner peace is not something that you just hope for. And then you just pray the best inner peace is work. Oftentimes you have to do the work to figure out what it is. What does inner, even inner peace mean to you? Like for me, being in my bubble, chilling and being around people that make me feel comfortable, I am the first person that will tell you, it took me a long time to get to this point. But I wanna bring up something while we're talking about that because that's gonna lead us in today's discussion. So we talked about inner peace last week and everybody has their own personal definition of what they believe is inner peace. A part of having that inner peace is realizing when people make you feel uncomfortable. Now, there's a very uh, um, small chance that they're the uncomfortableness that you feel could be based on things that may not fully be there. Like if you're feeling a certain way, it's definitely good to try to figure out what that is. But there's been like a last couple of years. And so I'm going to tell me, let's have a conversation where I tell on me, right? So I've had failures and I've had successes in my life, right? We all have. I've been very vocal about those failures because I believe that we all learn, we gravitate towards people who talk about those failures because we too have know what it feels like to fail. We know what it feels like to feel like our life has fallen. We know what it feels like to feel like you're by yourself or you're not accomplishing those goals. So I talk very openly about my failures because I'm going to say them before somebody else says them, right? And a lot of times when people talk about your failures, they have no idea the full story. They only get to see the outward manifestation. I've talked about my postpartum depression before, but I want to talk specifically about a situation that happened in the midst of it. So the very turning point for me in the midst of my postpartum depression was having this big outburst fight argument with my, at that time was my fiance, now husband, and going through the ups and downs of just like trying to articulate what I was feeling and doing it unsuccessfully, not even really sure what I was going through. And this big argument, which allowed myself to be very vulnerable in front of a friend, a friend who was there at our, at the house while this was happening. My mother-in-law who at the time she was, you know, God rest her soul. She's not here now, but the time was here and my two small children. One of the things that has always plagued me has always plagued me is when you are having one of your down moments, such as I was when I was having this whole mental breakdown, like literally having an entire mental meltdown. And although the situation looked like it was really based upon one thing, it had to do with me not feeling heard. It had a lot to do with me not feeling secure. 
It had a lot to do with me expressing certain concerns that were falling on deaf ears. And again, I've said this before, a lot of times when we go through things, it feels on our childhood. So if something happens to me, this is personal. If something happens to me that makes me feel insecure, if it makes me feel unsafe, and if it makes me feel unheard, it makes me go back to the times as a kid when I felt the same way. If I felt unsafe, if I felt unheard, those things will mirror each other and I will start to like spin, like it's a spiral, it's a trigger. And so in the midst of this huge trigger, at the time, I guess I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand myself, right? Didn't understand, couldn't verbalize it. I had this big meltdown in front of a friend. Now, not to say that that friend shouted out to the mountains to other people, but the conversations were had amongst other people. Let's just put that out there. It is what it is. And so from then, I've been very leery of not that friend, not to the fullest extent, but to the other friends that have seen me in that light. And of course, when you're in a bad situation, you want to have everybody see you in the best foot forward, right? You want everybody to see you polished. You want everybody to see you put together. That was not the case. And that wasn't the only time. There was other several times in the midst of this journey, right? There was a midst of this journey because I look polished now because I am polished. I feel polished now because I am that. I sound polished now because I am that now. But back then it was basically a shit show. And so in the midst of people seeing me at my worst, it's always made me feel leery to be around people and not just people, but specifically the same people who saw me in these ways. Now, a lot of them listen to this podcast. And so they may say, oh, well, you know, that was, that wasn't really a thing. Or, you know, a lot of people, let me just say this. A lot of people will say things like, oh, no worries. We understood. We understand what was happening. But nine times out of 10, this again, based upon just how people do, they will always remember those outbursts. They may always remember not necessarily what was said, but the, the reaction to how I was feeling. One of the worst things is to feel that your friend who's seen you in this bad light or a family member who may have seen you in this bad light, you start to wonder like, what are people thinking? Now, this again was in the beginning, I wanna say in the beginning of my journey. As I began to go to therapy, as I began to go to counseling, I soon realized that what if they were saying all those things? Like, what if based upon my behaviors and those certain circumstances, people were talking? What if they were whispering? What if they were sharing the story amongst other people? The only problem that that pushes now is that I don't feel free enough to like always go around them. So I will be very hesitant, sort of quiet, and I'm not as myself sometimes when I'm around certain people who, in my opinion, will treat you a certain way according to what they know, right? And so how do you deal with a situation like that? I think you show up the best way that you can. For me, if I'm around people who make me feel uncomfortable, I deal with me first. Like, why am I feeling uncomfortable? Is this based upon, for instance, that situation that happened a few years ago? Is it based upon that? If the answer is yes, and that's something that is based upon how I think, how I may interpret, how I may feel, my feelings, how I feel about it could be misconstrued. So it doesn't change the way that I feel. It doesn't make my feelings invalid. It just says that I'm interpreting that based upon how I'm feeling and those feelings may not match. So I'm very careful in 
holding that against other people and saying, this is how this is because I feel that way. So I deal with me, but I am also leery of being just around general people who, however, those situations can be misinterpreted. But when it comes to being around general people, people in your circle who make you feel uncomfortable, I used to feel as if it was just me and that I should not feel that way and I shouldn't remove myself from a situation, but I'm very comfortable now. At 40 years old and have had therapy, have been able to rightly divide what is real and what is not. And the times that I can't go back to my therapist to get more direction for it. I'm very comfortable on my skin to say that things that don't make you feel comfortable, whether it be work, whether it be people, whether it be friendships, whether it be a spouse, no matter what it is, if you are feeling uncomfortable, investigate that feeling and remove yourself. Like even if you're misinterpreting the situation, it's perfectly okay to remove yourself from the situation until you can get clarity. So it's okay to remove yourself from a situation until you can get clarity on what exactly it is that's happening. Never allow somebody to make you feel like your feelings are invalid. You may need to interpret the situation. You may need to have a discussion about a situation, but never make anyone allow someone to make you feel like your feelings are invalid. Even if you have to remove yourself from the situation and determine the true identity of what is going on. Just for instance, like I felt with that friend, that friend wasn't paying me not a bit of attention or once it happened and it was over and done with, they may have had a conversation with someone else. They may have just moved on because their life didn't revolve around what I was doing at the time. But of course, though, when you're not in therapy, when you don't have a clear understanding about what's happening emotionally, you carry certain things that, and you put things on people that may not be true. But when you feel uncomfortable, you still can remove yourself from a situation. Like I even tell my children, if somebody's making them uncomfortable, even if it's my family members or they're, you know, both sides of the family, whomever it may be, they're allowed to remove themselves. This is why I don't force my children to hug people and kiss people that don't, that they don't choose to, because how am I telling my kids that they have a right to say no, but then I force them to hug family members because they're, because of title. Like, even if it's my mom, my dad, they have a right to say no. And I've had situations, hear me clearly. I've had situations where people have gotten in their feelings and I mean deep into their feelings about why my kids won't hug them. Oh, you're teaching your kids to be disrespectful. They're not being disrespectful by respecting themselves if somebody is making them feel uncomfortable. I've even had family members that, and on either one of the sides of our family, where I felt that way that they were you know, acting towards my children made me feel uncomfortable, so I would remove. Like, you have to be honest about the comfortability that you feel around people because Listen, sometimes that uncomfortable feeling is revealing something. Now, whether that is feeling is true, whether that's some inward stuff that you have to work through, it's still a revelation and something you should really challenge yourself to look into. Like the way that I felt about my friend and how I felt at the time just revealed that there was some work that still had to be done. And so I took that back to my therapist and we worked through that so that I can at least have an attempt to have some sort of working relationship as well as some type of normal healthy boundaries and boundaries are important like I can't talk to you about boundaries from a therapist perspective but I can tell you from my personal perspective of how you you know I dealt with it I had to put certain boundaries where people were concerned listen if you allow people to walk all over you they will moonwalk on your ass I'm telling you right now and the reason why people are people I tell people all the time people be peopling 
And that means to me is just that if you allow certain behaviors, people are just going to do what they want to do at no regards to you and no respect to you at no love towards you. People will do what's comfortable for them. So you got to get comfortable doing what's comfortable for you. I have been through the ringer when it comes to setting boundaries. People have been just, you know, upset with me, all messed up and upset because they wanted a different behavior. They wanted a different outcome. And I had to remove myself and I've gone back to some people that I've removed myself from, obviously. But if I got to the point, there's some that just have not. I had one person that no matter what I do, they will find a way to find a way to communicate with me. I have set clear boundaries that I'm not interested in having a relationship with this person. They have made certain uh, social media accounts and have sent me messages like I tried to contact you on this one. I see that you have me blocked. So I found you on this one. Can we please talk? I'm not ready. And although they may be ready, obviously, by making these certain accounts, by sending me text messages, even though I blocked them, they come from a different number. Regardless of whatever it is, when I feel comfortable enough to come back around and have an engaging conversation, then I will. Now, most people will tell you, you should at least have the conversation with them and see what it is that they want. Maybe, maybe that is the case. But I know for me, the level of things that had taken place I'm not ready to in open that door and I'm not going to be forced to open that door just because someone else is ready or someone else is comfortable because I'm not comfortable. If you have a business, you need a website and what's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website, building tools and features, including simple drag and drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair dot com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code quickstart that's pair dot com slash free promo code quickstart to get started today speaking of something that does not make anybody feel comfortable can we talk about spitgate now i'm gonna call the spitgate i don't care what y'all choose to call it i'm gonna call it spitgate so let's say, what is Spitgate? So maybe you live under a box and you're not really connected to things that are going down in the world. That's what I'm here for, right? So we talk about sometimes on Conversations with Toy, just a couple of the social media things that went down this week. Spitgate should already, if you've heard the story, you're like, yep, know where this is going. Pastor Michael Todd. If you don't know who he is, get your, you know, get your Google on and do all the things. But he decided that he was speaking in his congregation. I guess I, I'm assuming that they were back in uh, in-person service and said, hey, each their own. I'm not going back into the house of the Lord just yet. Um, me and the Internet service and um, Baptist, Baptist, uh, Bedside Baptist, we work fine. And I still feel pretty connected. And when I feel ready, I will go right back in and do what I need to do. However... Pastor Michael Todd decided that in the midst of his preaching, he decided to spit in his hand. And it wasn't just a normal spit. It was that deep down, you sick spit, right? 
and spit into his hands and wiped it on his brother's face. Now, it's been reported that it's actually his biological brother. And he spit to make this illustration about the time when Jesus spat into the man when he was blind to make him see. Um, I would never ask God to make me blind in any least bit. And I love my siblings. But could my siblings spit on me and still hear to be tell their story? Nah. First of all, spitting is just a sign of disrespect, right? Spitting is a sign of disrespect. I say that with everything I have, it's a sign of disrespect. Anybody who's ever been spat on, whether it's been racially motivated or not, because people are just nasty and some folks will spit on you, they can be the same color as you. But to have somebody spit on you, it's almost, it's literally the same level of having somebody slap you in the face. It's a disrespectful act. Then it's just trifling. Like I wanted to make it sound cute. Like it's just not unclean. It's so nasty. No, no, no. It's trifling. Spitting in someone, anything is trifling. The level in which Pastor uh, Michael Todd spit, it was just downright stomp down trifling, right? There's levels to trifling. Like trifling is the top, but then you have stomp down trifling. I'm sure I can make another one go up, but whatever the highest, that would be it. And so I'm watching this clip of him doing that. And I'm saying to myself, I don't know if he was, this was the beginning of his message, the end of his message, or the middle of his message. At that moment, whatever the message is, he lost about 90% of us, right? 10% of folks was like, he's doing it for the glory of God. Listen, as a preacher's kid, I have seen the most dramatics of dramatics. Listen, folks in the church will get almost downright Olympic when it comes to dramatics, right? You got the folks that preach where they body move all the way to the back and they get deep down and they scream and they holler. And some people who will jump around the church, like I've seen it all. There's nothing I haven't seen except this. As much as I love my siblings and shout out to my brother and sister who are listening, because you better be. Why in the actual world would that be okay for my brother to spit on me by spitting in his hands and wiping anything on my face, even before the panoramic has started, right? even before that, but now that we're in a panoramic where folks have gotten sick, my family and I had gotten COVID, I would beat somebody's entire behind. And I say behind because I'm trying to keep it a G, right? I've already cussed twice on the episode. I would probably have to go off for somebody putting a good spit on me, right? Because again, it's trifling and it's nasty and who wants that? So as I'm watching this clip and I'm looking at people debating and I'm sitting there saying to myself, even if even if you thought that this was the will of the Lord to put his story and manifest it on the screen, this right here ain't it, right? I have seen some of the most respected gospel people. I'm talking about pastors, preachers, evangelists, uh, musicians that I have nothing but the utmost respect. And they made the most brilliant of excuses for this man. Now, since then, he has come back. Pastor Michael Todd has come back and apologized. But I went back to some of his other videos. They're full of dramatics. So that lets me further believe this could be an assumption. Now we know what happens with assumptions, but I'm willing to make that assumption. When you do things like this, you're taking the energy off of what it was meant for and putting it on you. So you're just trying to go viral, right? And you know, there's already people doing the most. Anything to go viral, folks will jump on it. Look at your social media feed. There's a lot of people who are doing things that even you and I and everybody else involved knows right well is not right, right? They will do things just to get a look, a like, a share. 
and it don't be right. So that just further makes me believe that the things that he continued to do even before this video is most likely because they want to be seen. You know, this is a very social media world. Everybody wants to go viral. Listen, I live on social media. That's where my business is on social media. I get it, but everything ain't good. So while I'm watching people do the most just to get this attention, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible the things that people will do. I've seen people eat things that they know good and darn well they would never eat in real life just so that they can make a social media presence so they can go viral. This was too much. So listen, I get that my business is on social media and maybe you too have a business where it's not all on social media, but you need social media to promote. You need social media to assist. I get all those things. I do it every last single day, every day. But we have to have some type of decorum when it comes to just doing the most just to get a rise from doing the most just to get attention from doing the most just so we can have that moment. Listen, stay true to who you are and with the things that you're putting out. And even if no one sees you or pats you on the back or whatever the case may be, just stay true. Because this right here, spitting on people is going to cause you to get a two piece and not a biscuit. I was floored when I saw this completely and utterly floored thinking to myself you've got to be kidding me again I respect the fact that he apologized and I just prayed it now that he has apologized that he would just think two three four five times why you're doing what you're doing and if it's not going to go to the message that it was intended to don't do it like don't do it no matter what level of theatrics even if it's not something like spitting on somebody no matter what the level of theatrics just cut it out and as a preacher's kid, I saw that and said, please sit him down. Like, you know, back in the day when you would try some foolishness out in these streets, in these biblical streets, in these church streets with the church folks, they would be guaranteed to sit you down. Like the pastors would just sit you down for a period of time, whether that was 30 days, whether that was a few months, whatever it was, you had to have that sit down moment. Somebody needs to just take them to the side and just how about we just have a little reprieve, right? Have that little sit down moment so you can figure out what it is that you truly want to do because right now you're dibbling and stuff. You ain't got no business. So that's my take on him. We just going to send some prayers to him because I'm telling you the way he spit in that video literally had me, my whole body was itching. Like, I think I sent my kids to the shower after I watched it. I think literally when I saw him, I was like, everybody get a shower. Let's rotate these showers. And I just felt unclean. Like this is dirty. So how do we going forward, how do we talk about or deal with confrontation? Now, everybody is not built like me and higher because I am not necessarily, a, well, let me just say, I am about confrontation when I feel like the confrontation is necessary. For instance, when I was in my 20s, I probably was very confrontational. I would confront everything, whether I had all the facts, I would jump to conclusions, I would already have had my squad ready. You would say, come and I would already, you know, come meet me here and I'm already at your house. Gas already full, uh, alibi already straight, uh, bail money already ready. You know, this is the act of 20 year olds, right? Or just me. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you were like warm and tippet, meek and mild. That wasn't me. So in my 20s, very much attitude, very much angry very much confrontational that's just me or was me so in my 20s 
very confrontational. I would not back down from anything, um, anything that needs to be said. I wasn't the type that would say something behind your back that I could not and would not repeat. And I'm not going to blame that on my upbringing, but I will say I lived in a house by which my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, and by aunt, I'm well, I'll say aunt, um, my aunt, which is my mother's biological sister, they were about that life, right? So there have been unfortunate opportunities where if something needed to be said, my mother just would say it. I respect the hell out of that, right? I love that about her. Nobody was going to be able, as I grew up, nobody was just that type of person that would just challenge her unless you were able to meet it. Like if you weren't able to come with the same level of challenge, you didn't just come and challenge my mom. Like you weren't going to just... You weren't going to get away with too much. She did not give you that airspace to just do what you want. And so growing up, I saw my mom, whether she was in church and loved Jesus, whether she didn't love God at all, whether she was in the clubs, whether she, not that I saw her in the clubs, but no matter where her life was, she would be able to get you all the way together, right? You talk about the reality shows and how they would do stuff. My mom didn't have to go through 20 million of those, those dramatics to get you together, but she wouldn't gather you. Now, if you chose to be gathered in a crowd, then so be it. And if you chose to be gathered one-on-one, so be it. That is how I grew up. So it's very hard for me at times to politely gather people, right? I've grown, right? I have grown since then. I understand that you can really clap back at somebody quietly. Sometimes you can just dismiss people altogether, not give them the time or day, walk away and leave people shocked, wondering, confused, and bewildered. That comes with growth. But when I grew up in a household where you confronted people, you didn't just, you weren't, you don't talk about it, you be about it. Like my mom, she would always say this phrase, like she's not with selling selling wolf tickets. So if she says she about to do something, she's going to do it. I respect that. I respect that. But so many people struggle with finding that balance of confrontation because everybody deems confrontation to be a bad thing. Now, if you're confrontational and yet violent, which means you're hitting people without notice, you know, people who have done nothing to you and you just walk up to random people you don't know and you're like beating people up for no reason, that's not confrontation. You got problems, right? Some probably legitimate mental unrest and you need some help. But there is a level of being able to confront, even when sometimes even confronting yourself, that you have to have. I am built by those cloths right I feel like my mother's generation is like that last generation of women that just would be like what did you say and like before you can even answer them they already cleaned your clock like my mom I feel like is the last of that generation and this is not to put my mom out to be some like horrible person that was just like beating people up and in people's faces she never did that but she could hold her absolute own and that I respect and so yeah so now that I've when I was in my 20s, I had to go through that phase. Like, it was just very much second nature to me. Like, I remember one of my elders saying to me, and I'll just say elders so that no one gets in their feelings because I done dimed out who it was. But an elder said to me, oh, I didn't know you were like that. So there was a conversation between me and an elder. And they said, oh, I didn't know you were like that. And I'm like, they have been in conversations or seen my mom in conversations. And I'm thinking, and I even said out loud, but you know whose child I am. Like I didn't grow up in a situation where we just kind of walked, we didn't skate backwards to things. 
like my siblings don't always have that tact like they they're very nice about how they handle situations where me again I gravitated towards that other part where I was just like let's just handle this one or two ways and I know that in some ways that that caused a lot of issues for me because again you have to grow into maturity but in the same token there is a slight balance between being able to not allow people to walk all over you you know there's been several situations within the last few weeks where I've had to just like not necessarily gather people but let people know like your comment that you said was backhanded that is one thing that I don't like I never have liked backhanded comments like if you're going to say it do like Kevin Hart and say what's your chest when you come around about to get your point across but you're not bold enough to be direct that ir irritates my soul right and I think as adults we have to learn that we don't have to be confrontational meaning about fighting meaning about you know being about that action as I was in my 20s you don't have to go to that same level but you do need to speak up for yourself and I'm trying to teach my kids that same balance because it's hard it's hard for them to understand shoot adults is walking around here allowing any and everything to happen so how do I handle or how should people handle confrontation my biggest thing is anything that needs to be said that you feel that if you don't say it is going to eat at you find a way whether it be classy or not find a way to discuss that so that you cannot have that feeling let me tell you something the worst feeling in the world is to not stick up for yourself when you're in a situation where you could have said something because and not mean not malicious not not all aggressive but just not saying the things that should have been said that urge irritates me more than the actual problem I've had situations where I should have said you know stood up for myself you know you should have told that boss that what they were doing was one illegal and wrong or you stayed because you know you needed this job so you just kind of sucked it up and took it I remember those moments right moments that you'll never get back in time like I can't go back and say remember 20 years ago when I should have said like it doesn't work that way so anything that you need to say that you feel will eat at you more than the actual confrontation you probably should speak up again you don't got to take it to the streets you ain't got to be hollering and screaming that's one thing about maturity you learn just to say what you mean and mean what you say and then deal be prepared like you have to also be prepared to deal with the words that you say and I think that's the biggest thing about maturity and confrontation that you can speak and say what you have to say but be prepared for what you have to say I think adults nowadays they're not prepared if they say things that are back-ended and they hope that somebody doesn't say anything to them because they'll say it and they don't realize that your words have power right your words have power they have weight and if you're not able to hold the weight of the words that you choose to say then don't say them or find a better way to say them so as an example if you go to say something that's mean and malicious be prepared to handle the weight of what you're saying one you can have somebody say something mean and malicious back to you two you can end a relationship or friendship that you cherish or you kind of just didn't you know you don't want to lose but you just needed to say something ignorant be prepared to handle the weight of what you say so that's what I tell myself am I able to handle the weight of the words that I choose to say to someone but yet also find a way to stick up for myself another thing that I wanted to bring up in this week's podcast this keep it real mentality right keeping it real and being the friend that can just say how it is that's not going to be it right and I think I've talked about this before 
we have to be very clear that there is balance in all things like everything there is balance and so when you are trying to keep it real but you're just being really rude and being really ignorant and being real condescending that's not the true definition of keeping it real because if you're the type of person that can keep it real then you can be honest and say that you're being real ignorant real rude and real condescending sometimes in the midst of keeping it real some people say things in the midst of keeping it real just so they can get a rise out of somebody else just so they can down somebody else just so they can hurt the feelings of somebody else and I get it everything in life can't be about feelings 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 but we do have to take other people's feelings into consideration when we say certain things so we do have to watch our words we do have to hold our words to a certain weight because our words have power and so you cannot just attack people because you want to keep it real also and lastly there are some things that we don't always have to have a comment for again not me in the 20s so anybody who's known me in my 20s and maybe even my early 30s you're probably saying now she's saying all that but I remember when I remember what I remember it too because I was there trust me there's nothing that somebody is going to be able to say about any word choices that I've used about any arguments that I've ever got into about any fights or any confrontations or any discussions that I have ever gotten into where I don't understand the words and choices that I chose then but as a 40 year old woman can I really walk around in the same energy level as my 20 year old self at 40 married with three children how do I then parent my children in the same level of, of understanding as I was when I was in my 20s like how can I be an example to myself or even my family if I'm still that same pop-off queen as I was in my 20s do you know what that would look like and there are people who do it every single day I cannot be at a grocery store and just start popping off in this day and age in a grocery store or in a in any place right I'm just using that as an example because the first thing I think about when somebody does something and my kids are around is I have to think about securing my children at all times right so if I choose to aggress or go back and defend myself I have to again be ready to hold the weight of my words do you know how many people are not fighting anymore these days do you know how many people are licensed to carry or not and don't care and will carry do you know how many times people are ready to fight and or film people film everything so now while I'm out in the streets about to fight over a bag of Doritos because somebody picked up the last bag before me while I have my three children I can put my kids at a risk to be taken from me right okay I can put myself to be arrested I can put myself for somebody to film that and post it all over the social media world and now my brand is tarnished all kinds of things and I have to think about that at all given times I've had situations where I've had my children and I've had to sit for myself because that's what I teach my children to do but I also had to be wise in what I was doing because I can't pop off like I did in my 20s now that doesn't mean people's getting passes now I will speak up very strongly about something that I agree with but I have to be wise so we have to be careful about this whole keeping it real because some of y'all about to keep it real and lose so many things and also too when you're dealing with your friends too and you're saying I'm the friend that keeps it real you're probably the friend that people are aware like when people say things like oh that's just how so-and-so is that's just letting you know that you have so much to work on and you need to focus on that because now people are known you are known to be rude 
You are known for that. I never want that to be the case. I don't want somebody to be like, well, you know how she is. She just don't, that's just how she is. That's how she talks. She's just mean like that. We don't know why. We just give her a pass. Well, we don't know. She has a lot going on. Those are sounds like excuses because we are still responsible for our individual selves. So let's try to work on that. First of all, let's keep our mouths all the way off of people so we're not spitting in our hands and just spitting on other people. Working on ourselves, like I said, grew up in a house where being direct was the only way to communicate. As much as I used to hate that growing up, like as much as I hated the whole direct, being direct will save so many issues, but it's just in how you present the directness. I had to learn that because, right, because I would just be like, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. I didn't have any responsibilities in my 20s. I just graduated from college. Didn't have any children then. You know, I had some bills, but it wasn't that serious, that deep. Didn't have anything really going on. Just focused on, you know, living like a 20 year old, partying, having a good time, vacationing, those types of things. I can't lose it all now because I want to pop off as somebody who probably rightfully deserves it. Let's, let's keep it 100. Nine times when you want to confront somebody, they deserved it, right? Somebody has said something in a way that triggers or pulls or makes you offended or whatever the case may be. And they probably deserve a harsh response, but um, maturity and growth and therapy and wellness and self care, you got to count up the cost. And sometimes you got to count that cost pretty quick. Like you got to be quick with it and quick on your feet because people will do the most and you're sitting over there having to figure this out. And lastly, to end our episode, I have still yet to do my vision board. This is probably the second or third week that I have been having it on my mind to do. I have all the materials. Everything is ready to go. So I'm going to press myself to try to finish it, not because I have to finish it by a certain time, but now there's some goals that I've actually had on my vision board that hit. Let me just say this. It hit this week. There was a goal that I had on my vision board. There's a company that I'm about to do some work with. That is at the probably one of the top of my vision boards. Like for me, this may not mean a lot to anybody else. And I'm not going to tell you which company is. You'll just see when it comes out. I have been wanting to work with this company for a long time time I would have never envisioned that it could ever happen I could never even see it and then it came to pass so now my goals are like wait a minute we got to shift our goal sets now we got to put some new ones on there and so now I feel like I'm going to try to go ahead and complete the vision board this week um, or I should say this weekend because I'm just too hyped now I can't wait to share the 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 work with you but if you can see me smiling while recording trust and believe I'm smiling I have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes with various companies over these last few years, something I would have never even imagined um, when I first started out my blog seven years ago that I would even have the opportunity to do. And let me just tell you, when you do what you love, you got to do it even when you see everybody else winning. Like when you really love what you love and you love what you do, you got to do it even when everyone else is winning. And I mean that because you're going to see people who look like they are killing it in the game and no one ever notices you and never sees you. I went to an event a couple months ago. This was right before, I want to say right before Thanksgiving. Somebody had walked up to me and they were like, this particular brand just wanted me to let you know. And they told me the message. Do you know how much that made my heart leap? 
Because that means that even when you feel like somebody doesn't see you, they see you. Everything that you put out, especially if you're a brand, everything you put out should be the best that you could offer for that piece. Whatever it is that you're trying to convey, make it your best. I say this why. You may not never know who's seeing your account, who's seeing your blogs, who's seeing your work, who is seeing your content. Please put it out. Put it out even if it feels like it's falling on deaf silence. And that's how I felt for so long. I felt like, let me continue doing this because I love it and I still do, but I'm not being seen. And, and when I say by being seen, I don't mean getting accolades. I mean physically being seen by some of the best companies that you choose to work with. Like for me, I like to work with companies that I already love what they are about. I love what they stand for. I already work with their products or maybe they're introducing another product that just makes sense. This is the type of stuff that I gravitate towards because it makes more sense. If it's a company by which I don't stand for, I don't stand for their company principles. They're not, you know, they're not working with um, brands and different people of different ethnicities. Like these things matter. And I've always said from the very beginning that once brand deals came into play, that I would always keep myself as a level head and make sure that anybody that I gravitate to makes sense for me not just doing things because somebody is willing to give a check. So there's been times when I've had to say, no, no, thank you. But I believe that even if that company didn't respect that, I know I respect myself more by knowing whomever I agree to do work with, that it makes sense. So I can't wait. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. And I'm hoping that you guys have an amazing weekend. It is back to a full week next week. The kids have been in school. Thank the Lord all week long. We've had a little bit of snow here and there this week. I'm hoping that everybody can stay warm. Uh, can I just say I am not a fan of the winter. I have never been a fan of the winter. It is what it is, but you live in Northeast, so winter it is. And so I have to deal with that. But one day, one day, I will be in a warmer climate. That is just the truth. Um, the drink of the, of the weekend or the day. I'm going to have to give it to my home barista skills. So... I have been taking some of the most amazing drinks that I like at your normal like Starbucks or Dunkin, whatever you choose to drink your coffee from and been imitating that bad boy at home. One of the reasons is one, because we were home for I think two weeks with COVID, we didn't really get a chance to go out and grab anything. Like we stayed our behinds home. I don't care what the CDC says about five days, we were home, like giving ourselves times to heal. I was sick for a, two weeks. And so I, just me alone needs to heal. So I've been making a lot of the Starbucks drinks or a lot of the Dunkin' Donuts drinks at home, like really making it not, you know, just like, you know, sometimes you can get the little Starbucks, uh, K-pop, uh, K-cups. Yes, I have those as well, but I'm talking about doing the stuff like I have a frother, you know, whipped cream in it up. So I am going to encourage you to do a little bit of savings this year. I've always been the type that have, I keep cup coffee in my house all year round. So I've always been on team save, but I'm not going to say that you're not going to see me at a Starbucks. That is not what I'm saying. But for this drink of the day, I have been making a peppermint mocha with dairy free whipped cream and using a brown sugar um, creamer. It's actually a brown sugar creamer. I am, um, and you can get these different uh, creamers that are actually plant-based or dairy free at your grocery store. To be honest with you, the best place to get um, a better variety of plant-based creamers, I'm going to have to shout it out to Trader Joe's, or I would say more like Whole Foods. 
And I know they can be expensive, so sometimes I will settle for whatever's at the local grocery store. But when I need a variety, I will go there because that's where they're mostly at. So I've been doing that. So the peppermint mocha, using whatever your creamer of choice, for me it's always going to be plant-based, and then using a plant-based whipped cream or whipped topping. You can do either one. They have a lot of different varieties. And using my frother, me and my frother, I think we get together three times or four times a week. Although I've been putting in more teas this week or this month, to be honest, because January is National Hot Tea Month. So the hot drink of the day is using a peppermint mocha with a plant-based creamer, using that creamer and taking the creamer and frothing it, not just like a milk. Taking the cream, using my frother and making that, topping it with a dairy-free or plant-based whipped cream or whipped topping and doing a couple little extra sprinkles or chocolate chips or however you want to top it. Some people use caramel sauce. Listen, get creative. Get creative in your home barista life. Cause like on Saturdays when we get up and we do our brunch on Saturdays and Sundays, I don't always feel like getting up to go get set coffee. So yes, at home, you become an amazing barista. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I hope that something that I said in this episode whether that was about changing yourself, whether that's being you know, less aggressive but still confronting things that need to be confronted, whether that's in how we talk and using our words with weight, um, whether that is learning how to hear for yourself and see when things are off, like Mr. Spitgate, like you can see that for yourself. Don't listen. When 20 people agree and you're the one that doesn't, it's okay to be different, right? It's okay. Like I don't agree with a lot of things and I'm okay with that. Just be able to hear and see things for yourself. Inner peace, you know, inner peace, that that journey doesn't stop. You don't go to two therapy sessions and you're fine. Some people need to go back into therapy. I have been a big component of saying sometimes you got to go back, right? Go back and get fix it and get it right. You may need to do that. Listen, things are going to happen that will trigger parts of you that even if you've gone to therapy for something, you may need to go back again. Please don't tell yourself that I've already gone to therapy and so I don't need to go again. If you feel strong in your spirit that something is bothering you or if it repeats itself, if a trigger that happened one time comes back again and it makes you feel the same way that it felt the first time, it's a trigger because it's trying to help you to get through it. So don't think that just because you go to therapy, even if you go for six months to a year that you're just done. For me, therapy is linear, so it can go up or down. There may be times when I feel like I have a span of time and I don't need it. Then something can happen and makes me want to go back again. It's okay, and that's part of the process. You don't have to go every single day for the rest of your life. You take waves of therapy. At least that's how it works for me. So I'm always going to encourage you to not feel that even if you have to go a second time for therapy, that something is wrong with you. It's not. It's just about you getting to the point where you realize that whatever it is that you need, you just have to gravitate towards it. Go and get it. Listen, now next month is Black History Month. Whether you're black, white, green, speckled, you got stripes on you, whatever color, creed, and basis that you are in, can we go ahead and support black-owned brands? Like I do naturally. I support a lot of black-owned brands, women-owned brands, uh, all kinds of different brands, small businesses. But can we go ahead and support five black-owned business brands that you have never heard of? If you literally will go on your Google and look up black-owned business brands, you'll find them. The best place to find them is going to be on 
Instagram or some type of social media, but let me give you two or three tips, no matter what the brand, whether they, no matter what brand it is. Let me tell you a couple things that you do not want to do when it comes to businesses in general. Anybody who asks you to do business with a, a cash app, don't do it. If they don't have a website, just keep sliding past them. I don't give any of my money to anybody that just says cash at me. Forget that. That money is gone. You don't have any type of legality to try to get it back. Don't get out here, caught out here slipping. Look at people's reviews for companies. Look at the reviews. Go to the Better Business and look up the reviews. Go to Google, look up the reviews. Go to Redid It. Like whatever site you need to look up, look up the reviews. Use reputable sites. Sites that are reputable. If you go to the top of the screen, it doesn't have that lock, don't even do it. Make sure that you are protecting yourself as a consumer because black owned or brown owned, white owned, striped owned, uh, polka dot owned folks will get over and take your funds without any recourse. So please make sure that you protect yourself as a consumer. We will see you back next week for another episode with Conversations with Toy. I'm already in the studio editing next week's uh, podcast and we do have a guest so I cannot wait um, thank you guys for supporting this podcast and remember three things that you can do that is free 99 share this episode or other episodes that resonate with you subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode and review so share review and subscribe all three things can be done in a matter of a minute all three things are free and that's how you support your small podcasters so that we can grow, right? How do you think your bigger podcasters grow? We grow by word of mouth. So have a good weekend and we'll see you next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.